Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. You know what the difference is between Santa's elves and hobbits? Hobbits smoke pipes and would never want to be a damn dentist. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, on a remote location. No, not really. Pre-recorded a long time ago before I left for Walt Disney World because I'm down here with Mickey in uh, Merry Christmas Land. So there you go. But uh, we've got a show for you tonight. And tonight my co-host and guest is uh, Tom Provost. Tom is back with us again. And we will be talking about epic fails. Uh, things that we tried that just didn't work out for us and uh, how they've helped us find our way in pipe smoking. Uh, plus, we'll have music for the holiday season, a, a little bit of a uh, gift-giving guide uh, instead of a mailbag because obviously I'm doing this pretty quick, and then a rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, I hope you all are following me on Facebook. I have uh, decided that as of uh, as of this week, I'm going to uh, post once a day for the rest of the year. Once a day for the rest of the year. Something positive, uplifting, that makes me laugh, makes me smile. Could be a pipe. Uh, could be a hobbit. You never know. But uh, it's going to be positive, uplifting. Follow me on Facebook. Uh and I may uh, pop a few things over on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. So follow the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Facebook. Uh, while you're listening to us talk about our epic fails, uh, take notes. And uh, if you've got an epic fail of your own, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them on Pipes Magazine. On the uh, Go to PipesMagazine.com and post them right there on the radio show page. And I'd love to read them when I get back and we'll uh, get them on the air. So, All right, let's get the show rolling in the middle of the busy holiday season. So thank you all for tuning in. Everybody, grab your pipe, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl, and here we go. All right, we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, Tom is back with us again. Tom, uh, glad you survived the first time. Uh, what what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Anything anything new? Well, winter is officially here in Wisconsin. We got yeah. our we got our first snows, uh, the cold, wet rain. A lovely walk from the car to the office without an umbrella was the mistake I made today. Um, in sports news, the Bucks are looking good, and Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Yeah, well, that's the end of that and, season. So, um, no, I mean, what do you have you uh, any have you tried any new uh, any new tobaccos? Because I I know you you like to dabble around with new stuff, and you're always looking for something. So, um, new to me has been I finally tried Golden Extra by McFerrin. Had tins of that for years and never opened them up. And I finally tried it. I liked it. Good, sweet. Uh, 40th anniversary, I popped a tin of that. I bought a, you know, a pallet's worth. So I finally 
popped a ton of it. And I just can't wait to continue to have this throughout the years. Real good stuff from McClellan, as always. Now, do you and think then, that's? Uh, do you think the uh, 40th anniversary is going to? Uh, do you think it'll get better with some age? From my experiences of smoking Christmas blends from '05 and '06 and '07, there is a unique characteristic that we can chalk up to experientially, experientially, as improved. Yes, it yeah. is just it's fantastic right away. Um, same with like McClellan Twenty Seven. You can pop a tin right at right after purchasing it and enjoy it. You can also sit on it for a while and enjoy it. Now I know this isn't a blend. You know, this isn't blend review session, but I'm just wondering: Does the 40th anniversary seem uh, seem to have the same amount, or is it a little lighter in ketchup flavor than some of their other straight Virginias? Um, well, since I'm a big fan of ketchup, this is a sloppy Joe. Now, <laughs> I, I found this. To, I found this to be a little lighter, a little lighter in, in body. It's still that. I mean, as soon as you open it up. You're getting hit with that McClellan tobacco, that McClellan uh, scent. But I found it to just be you know, a little heavier than maybe the, the 27 that I mentioned, but a little lighter than the Christmas blend. I know that uh, Christmas blends change from year to year, and that I also, you know, if you smoke them out of order, as I have since I'm more getting the McClellan's uh, tins, that I'm, I'm missing a little of something in there. But... Uh, a little lighter than the last Christmas blend that I have. What about you, Mr. Review King? Oh, no, 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 no. I do all my reviews on the uh, on on the episodes where I do reviews. Um, because, you know, my idea of something new is I open up another can of my favorite stuff, or, and then I just have it new for another two or three days. Um, you know. So how much sugar barrel do you have stocked up? Uh, I have uh, I have a whole barn full of sugar barrel because that's the only way to store it properly. I like sugar barrel for the record. Uh, the other uh, <laughs> new tobacco I tried was Happy Hour by Cornell and Deal. Uh, they have you know it's a, some Oriental, some Perique, some Virginia. It's not really a thought thought worthy smoke. I enjoyed it. Has a good room note. Uh, nice sweet sweet uh, sensations to it. But I have found that it's it's like a good car pipe. You don't have to sit and think. You're not setting aside time after a long day. But uh, I, I would I would give it a strong. I'd give it a shot. And, and Happy hour, Cornell and Deal. Do you find yourself now that it's winter time uh, leaning towards more aromatics? Do you do you shift gears like that? Well, I did with um, last week actually go to an English because throughout my entire time working at Uli's and throughout my entire time um, being uh, smoking every day, I discovered I actually don't like English blends. And, uh, but every fall I feel the need because people talk about it. You gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go to those English blends. I feel the need to try it again. And I had a bowl of McClellan's, uh, frog on the town. Eh, still not an English guy. Yeah. Uh, as far as the aromatics go, always one or two in my rotation. 
and we and we don't mind that about you, do we? I'd hope not. Barren mixture flake, way better than the regular mixture because it burns cooler, slower, and less bite. McBaron mixture flake. Now, I will tell you while I, <laughs> while I was sick, I did manage to uh, get through a couple of relatively boring flake, Virginia flakes to me because I just wanted to smoke and I couldn't taste anything. Uh, one of them was, uh, and this is going to sound bad, but uh, I got gifted a partial or most of a tin of Dunhill Flake that had been opened up at the West Coast Pipe Show. So I smoked a couple of bowls of that, and I could almost taste something, but because I was so plugged up and it was perfect because it was just kind of like warm air in my mouth. That is a favorite blend of many people, and your review is it was like warm air in my mouth, which is the way I feel about most Cavendish blends. Yeah. Regarding your question of do I go that way? Do I do I go the way of aromatics <laughs> or do pe- you know people who go the way of the English blend? I tried Amphora Cavendish for the first time. Uh, the, the black Cavendish, they have the original, the full, and then the black Cavendish. Uh, really like the original, but the full Cavendish was just another Cavendish blend. It smells nice. You have to keep checking to make sure it's lit because there's smoke coming out of your pipe, but you're not getting anything. <laughs> All right, so before we take our first break, I'll uh, the uh, the subject for today, and I'll get everybody get your notes ready in case you want to join along with us. Is uh, Tom and I are going to talk about some of our uh, some of our fails, pipes that we've tried that haven't worked out, tobaccos that we've tried that were just epic fails and uh be interested to hear if you have any so uh, join along with us we'll be back in just a minute this is internet radio what are you looking for in a pipe is it the quality of aged briar is it a certain shape or finish maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless smooth draw with each and every puff that's exactly the kind of pipe savinelli has delivered for generations now With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic Cashmere, the sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Tom, you ready? Epic fail number one for you, uh, pipe-wise. Well, I was going to open up the door to you to tell your whole biography. Oh. Epic fail. Yes. That was my that was my dancer name. They wouldn't tip you. They didn't want to be around you. Epic fail. Yeah, they thought that was the tip. Uh, never mind. Anyway, uh, yeah. So pipe the you know when I, and let let's let's state this up front and clearly that these what what we're about to talk about are probably not bad products. 
bad pipes, bad tobaccos. They're just pipes or tobaccos that didn't work well for us. Uh, is that a, uh, it's, it's a safe way of saying just because it didn't work for us doesn't mean it may not work for you. And if you love it, we're sorry. Um, if we, if you love it, that's great. So there you go. Are you ready, Tom? Yes, I am. Okay. Here's... I'm going to start off quick and say that when I got onto the YouTube scene, uh, pokers, I'm not talking that elegant Dunhill poker, I'm talking kind of like uh, a big face blocker, which was probably a good thing for many of the viewers. <laughs> uh, that was a trend uh, in YouTube, and I did buy two big face blocker pokers. They were heavy, obviously, given the size. Um, one was drilled poorly, and they were just all in all uncomfortable smokes. And as I started enjoying more tobaccos and wanting to, you know, pop from a pipe to a pipe, they just sat on my shelf as a reminder to never buy a pipe that big because my dentist would yell at me because some people do want to see my face and because they're not, I, I can't utilize them from day to day. The big, big poker with a huge bowl. It was, it was cool when I got onto YouTube and that was about it. Not, not a very useful experience and very disappointing. Now, when you say big, I mean, how tall of a bowl are we talking about? Three inches? Okay, so I just uh, I just grabbed one right now. I'm telling you, this is about three ounces, <laughs> um, and and it's five. It's just a big block. It's about five inches big, tall, and it's just uh, I can stick my whole thumb and uh, into the pipe. It's just large, and uh, it was a mistake. I got sucked in. Great price. Liked the guy who made it for me, but just no way I could, uh, no way I don't use them. I have a whole rack of big pipes, and I used one out of the whole group. And that's only, um, I used it, last time I used it was two World Series ago, because I got to sit and watch an entire baseball game. <laughs> you don't take them out for walks with you and use them as a walking stick just in case? No, no, they don't even fit into my pipe case. <laughs> now, do I, I, I wonder, is it because the pipe is so big and heavy that it didn't work for you well, or was it because it wasn't maybe the best wood in the first place? Um, what, do you, what do you think it was? Was it more the weight? I'm going to say that it probably wasn't the best wood in the first place, but even if it was the best wood at its size, it would have still been heavy. And it would have still not have been a useful pipe. Um, again, I just have no reason to smoke that much tobacco. The, the chamber is so large that any aromatic in it is going to get goopy, and you're just going to taste ash. And I mean any aromatic, good aromatic, uh, a value brand aromatic. Uh, any Virginia, any Virginia, if you fill this pipe up to the top, it's going to get bitey. And any English blend is going to have that same problem with that ashy flavor as you're just, it, it's just too much. 
It's not quite as large as those Mr. Brog Lumberjacks. Do you remember those? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite that large, but it's like its little brother. <laughs> I mean, I've had Rich Esserman on the show before, and he's talked about how he packs his magnums and is able to smoke them all the way down, but he's also, yeah probably talking about a pipe twice the size of what you're talking about and exactly the same weight. So might be a little difference there. Well, best to them. It's not for me. All right. And I'll, 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 yeah, I'll lead off with one that's, it's probably more embarrassing for me than the pipe, but I think I've told this in public before. Um, I don't know if I've ever done it on the show. Uh, But in 1999, I was on the road in uh, in upstate New York and New England and repping for the company that uh, also imported Nording pipes. And Nording came up and worked with me for a day or two. And then at the end of it, he gave me a pipe that was not a traditional Nording freehand. It's more of a smaller size, more traditional shaped Nording pipe. So don't picture those big, the big Danish freehands. Picture more of a, uh, more of a Stanwell-esque size, a little bit more traditional shape, kind of like that. Well... It, it was cold, and at the end of the day, get back to the hotel room, and I wanted to sit in the bathtub and smoke my new pipe. So I load the pipe, load the bathtub, and get into the bathtub, start smoking the pipe. And again, I'm not, I'm not really quite tuned in exactly into how to smoke a pipe, because at that point I'm about... Uh, I'm about two years into regular pipe smoking, so yeah, I've got I, I still don't have a lot of knowledge under my belt. I get in the bathtub. There's bubbles in the bath and everything, and yeah, I know everybody picture that me sitting in a bathtub with, you know, with bath bubbles and uh, smoking my pipe and in the hotel room, and I look at the bath bubbles and there's like this red in one section of it so i'm thinking that oh my god i'm bleeding somewhere what is wrong with me you know i can't figure out where this is coming from well i take the pipe out of my hand and i notice that my hand is now the same kind of orangey red that the pipe was and the pipe is now a very natural color where my hand was so the the stain had started to probably from the warmth of the bathtub and being smoked in there with the humidity and everything. Um, And maybe what Nording should have told me was this pipe is kind of a prototype and not quite ready for production or for sale, but this is why he gave it to me. Um, (laughs) I was smoking the stain off of the pipe, and the stain was dripping into the bathtub and into the bath water with me. Uh, so to say the least, that pipe quickly got put off to the side, and I tried to wash the stain off of my one hand, which it took about, uh, really a good three days for it to come off completely. So um, 
it, still to this day, I don't like the idea of smoking a pipe in a bathtub anymore. And uh, probably not a picture anybody wants to see. But, yeah, I actually smoked the stain off of a pipe once. I was going to say, is this something we should put on a, like a topic for new pipe smokers? Has <laughs> your carver ensured that the stain will withstand a bath? Yeah, warning, this is not a bath toy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do not take it into the bathtub. I, you know, and and I think it may have been a, I think it may have been a combination of this was, you know, this was something that Nording was toying with and trying to come out with and was not a ready-for-sale item and maybe he had rushed the staining process and hadn't set it all the way or um, mm-hmm. something, but either way, um, that was... Epic fail number one for me. And uh, before we get going on more of them, let's take a quick break for everybody to get the image of me in the bathtub with a pipe out of their mind. And when we come back, we'll talk more uh, tobacco and pipe fails. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell and Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, Tom, unfortunately, still can't get that thought out of his mind. So, uh, Tom, (laughs) in order to help you get the uh, bad images out of your head, uh, do you have a pipe tobacco that you want to add to the epic fail list? i got bad thoughts in the brain. I'll just talk about bad tastes on the buds, huh? Yeah. One for me was when I was getting into the the trying as many things as you could, just getting your hands on everything. Uh, I was informed that I had to try Devil's Holiday by Dan Tobacco. Oh, it is magnificent. It's the best aromatic you'll ever have. Oh, my goodness gracious, you have to get this. When When it comes into stock, I'm, I'm on an email list, and I buy 15, I buy 20 tins of this stuff, and I finally got a 10. All these people hyping this blend up. I finally got a 10. I cracked it open. I smoked it, and I hated it. <laughs> so I set, I set some out. I hated it. I smoked it right away again without setting it out. I noticed good flavors. It was a good-looking tobacco, but nothing in it was enjoyable for me. It was 
like a raspberry coffee is what I was getting out of it, but I just, I didn't like it. Um, and I can remember where I was sitting when I put my last bowl of it down. I was in front of my dad's house, and he came out, and he's like, that smells great. And I was like, yeah, but it tastes terrible. <laughs> and uh, I got rid of all of that uh, in a Vox for Conversation post leaving my dad's house that day because it was just a tobacco that I was so excited to try, and I absolutely did not like. Have there Has there been a tobacco that you've been so excited to try and it did live up to the, you know, live up to the expectations? That was, that was an experience for me where I, I actually don't get as excited anymore. Um, because I, I, you have to try uh, Mississippi river was another one that through the YouTube community, they had to try and I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was this phenomenal blend that you had to, you know, sit around uh, your computer and just keep hitting refresh, hoping it comes in stock. But um, one that had a lot of hype, people were in my circles kept saying, you have to try, you have to try, you have to try, that has made it into my rotation has been GLP Sixpence. Okay. Which... If you're thinking Mississippi River, you're thinking Devil's Holiday Sixpence is a different category unto itself. And, uh, yeah, that's where my taste buds lie. A little heavier Virginia Perique with some early. That's where I'm going to go to if I'm going to treat myself. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you if you go out of your wheelhouse, well, I mean, yeah, it, if you go out of your wheelhouse and, and you go exploring based off of a whole bunch of, recommendations from people you're bound to get let down but at the same time you really don't want to stop because you know you might find something that's really special out there too oh yeah absolutely or you might find that uh you like it after you let it sit tell me someone who has opened up a tin of samuel go with stuffed it in their pipe smoked it right away and enjoyed it and you're telling me about someone who's lying <laughs> yeah with a samuel go flake you need to let that sit out. Because if you can open up a tin, stuff it in your pipe, and light it, you're using a blowtorch. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a slight process to enjoying uh, a Samuel Gulliff blend. And there's a YouTube reviewer who always says, if you're going to smoke Samuel Gulliff, if you're going to smoke a Gulliff and Hogarth, you need to plan to smoke that blend. And he's right, because if you just stuff, pack, and smoke... It, it's not going to be as enjoyable as if you let it dry out a little bit so that the fire does the burning, not your <laughs> pulling on the pipe. So that that's a perfect spot for me to jump into my second, uh, my, my epic tobacco fail, my favorite one ever, uh, because Gowith and Hogarth's Bob's Chocolate Flake, uh, it was, you know, Probably again uh, 2002, so I'm now at the point where I know how to smoke a pipe and I know how to handle a flake, but I haven't quite hit my wheelhouse yet. And I hear about this Bob's Chocolate Flake that's an aromatic with 
Latakia and Virginia's and it's got all these wonderful flavors and it's slow smoking and I mean even now it's highly rated on tobaccoreviews.com and so what happens I get it I couldn't get it lit in my pipe I'm literally <laughs> sitting outside with in fact I was with Chuck Stanion and his wife and daughter and my wife and kids and i i can picture it the benches right outside of the cheesecake factory we're sitting there trying and i'm trying to smoke this and i don't want to look more like more of an idiot than i already do in front of chuck who's got a phd in english and you know is really smart and soft-spoken and i'm the exact opposite uh, were you in his bathtub at the time we were outdoors in public, okay? And I'm trying to get this Bob's Chocolate Flake lit in my pipe for about 45 minutes while we're waiting at the Cheesecake Factory. Well, you know, finally we get called in and I take the Bob's Chocolate Flake and I dig it out of the bowl of my pipe and I'm like, okay, thank God, we're, we're going in, I'm done. I dump it into the ashtray we walk in, we eat dinner, or late lunch, whatever it was. An hour later, we come out, and that Bob's Chocolate Flake was sitting in the ashtray, still smoldering. It was literally still on fire in the ashtray, but I couldn't get it to smoke in my pipe. And I think you may have answered, well, now I know, first of all, I can't stand Latakia, period. But I didn't know about letting it dry down. Had never heard that idea before. So uh, Bob's Bob's chocolate flake burns for me. Burned great in the ashtray, terribly in the pipe. So the second tobacco I grabbed, without having talked to you about what tobacco I was going to pick, yeah, was Samuel Gowitz chocolate flake. Hmm. I I actually enjoy, and I, I would say for about three years now, I have a constantly open jar of Bob's chocolate flake. <laughs> I like to grab one of I like to grab it every so often. I, I, I say it's a good change of pace tobacco. You get uh, you know, you're, you're smoking Virginia Flake after Virginia Flake after Virginia Flake. Maybe throwing a heavy aromatic or or something else. And then if I'm just in a rut, I'll grab a bowl of that, and I always enjoy it. And I uh, try not to have more than like two in a week when I go for it because I don't. It, it wears on me quickly, but I enjoy it as a change of pace. Well, I open up my last pen, put it in a jar, go to a online retailer to make an order, and they send me four tins of Samuel Gowitz chocolate flake. <laughs> eh, same, it's the same thing. That's my thought process. I hate Samuel Gowitz chocolate flake. It is my least favorite tobacco of all time. And what I was expecting was something at least in the same wheelhouse as the Gordon Hogarth's uh, Bob's Chocolate Flake. I was, I was, I was like, oh, whatever. And I even called me on to online retailer to say, hey, you're probably just going to have to adjust your uh, inventory online. No worries about sending a replacement. I'm fine with what I got. It, it's basically the same thing. I, I, I can't stand it. I'm, I'm holding the tin in my hand right now, and uh, anyone want it, they just let me know. I'll, I, I, I got 
I think three other tins in my cellar. I'm just, I, I can't stand this stuff. So, so now that we've figured out that we don't like chocolate flakes, <laughs> um, I, you know, I will, I, let me backtrack and say that, you know, through my years of, of employment, I was forced to try a lot of stuff. And thankfully I was forced to try a lot of stuff because I tried some stuff that I would have normally never tried. And I, and I actually enjoyed it. Um, and then of course the, the way I discovered the tobacco that I truly love the most is because the manufacturer, you know, basically shoved it in my face and said, you're going to like this, take this and try it and tell me how much you love it. I was like, okay, all right, I will, I will, I will. And, um, and, and he was right. But, um, I've kind of, I've kind of lost track of where we are. Is it your turn or my turn? Oh, it's your turn to share how much we, uh, loathe tobaccos. Okay. Uh, no, I'm going to pick on a pipe. Can I pick on a pipe now? Okay. All right. Hey, it's your show. All right, because uh, I'm, I'm going to pick on a pipe, and I'm going to talk about this pipe in particular because it was an expensive reach for me at the at the time, and I had thought, you know, always I own five or six JT Cook pipes, and I and I love them to death, um, but I. A Larry Roush pipe had always been kind of the the next step on my hit list at that point uh, because I'd heard great things about Roush pipes, know a lot of high-end fancy collectors that, I mean, Larry Roush doesn't even have a, he, he really doesn't have a website. He just sells direct to his own regular customers. He doesn't go to pipe shows anymore because he's busy doing jewelry and pipes and uh yeah, I mean, just talk about a stellar reputation. And I got this pipe, and I, it was probably 10 years ago now, maybe nine. So I had my wheelhouse set. I knew my pipe smoking style. And to the best of my ability, after I had bought this as an estate pipe and knew the estate seller even, Knew him personally, knew that it was a good restoration or you know a state cleaning of it. Couldn't get the pipe to smoke for me. Couldn't get the pipe to be comfortable for me. Tried every trick in the book, and I just ended up, you know, luckily have, being able to sell it off or trade it off and not lose too much money on this super high grade handmade pipe that a lot of people absolutely love and you know what that was when I really learned that the perfect pipe has to also find its perfect pipe smoker in order for them to both work well together because man that just that thing just burned me bit me I couldn't get it it, it it didn't work out, and I haven't gone back to a Roush pipe again. So uh, we so, can hear the tongue bite in your voice right now as you're sharing <laughs> the story. It, it was well, it was tongue bite, and it was a little bit of wallet bite, and it was a little bit of 
you know, you reach for the Holy Grail and you come back and it's a busted up old red solo cup that cuts your tongue. Um, it, it, it just didn't, it really, really, uh, really failed me. I, it was an epic fail on both parts. All right, I got a pipe. I got a pipe. This one ends in a ha- with a happy ending, though. Uh, so uh, yeah. Oh, oh, pipe. Okay, got so it. Ne- yeah, yeah, yeah. Pipe, pipe. Uh, so the best man in my wedding is an older gentleman. He was, uh, he was actually friends with my dad. And then one of my friends started hanging out with my dad, and I started hanging out with him. He, he drank beer and smoked a pipe. We got along real well. And he had this Becker and Musico bent bulldog with a silver band. And I even once said to him, hey, Paul, when you die, can you make sure I get that and your kids don't? And uh, I go down to the Nashville Pipe Show, um, 2000 and something, I'm not good with dates, and it's at Uptowns, and I see... Uh, the same pipe. It's a little smaller than his, but I see the same shape. And on the last day of the pipe show, they put it on sale, and I bought it. And the folks at Uptowns are great. Uh, they they talked me through the whole process. Didn't I didn't feel pressure, but they they informed me about the carvers and and the, the quality of a Becker musical. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, I know, I know. I see my my buddy smoke one of these all the time. I want it. I couldn't get that thing to smoke either. It, I couldn't keep it lit. It was too, uh, the stem was too dainty. <laughs> like I, I didn't feel right clenching it and I didn't, it was so small that I didn't want to hold it. And I tried 15, 20 times to smoke that pipe and never enjoyed smoking the pipe. It was the, the uh, I enjoyed the idea of smoking the pipe more than I enjoyed smoking it. And so I, I just flipped it on eBay. Two weeks later, my best man goes, you know what? I've been smoking this very much. Here you go. And he gave me his. <laughs> so right now I'm sitting in my pipe room looking at a pipe that I wanted, and I love that pipe. His smoked better. I don't know if it's because he smoked it so much it was broken in well or something, but uh, the, the stem is wider. It is just a an elegant yet completely manly pipe. It shows that I have a lot below the belt as far as knowledge and other things. And no, I haven't taken it into the bathtub. But it is a. <laughs> Are you it sure? Was a, <laughs> it was a heartbreaking experience to buy this Becker and Musico, and then it did end with a happy ending, with me getting the exact pipe I wanted, and it's smoking as well as I thought it would. Well, while I was coveting it. You just didn't realize it was the wrong pipe that you thought would smoke well. Correct. <laughs> you know, maybe we ought to come out with a pipe that's actually mounted on a rubber ducky. That way we can smoke it in our... And no, all right, never mind. What is that? An intoxicating aroma coming out of your bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, pretty soon that's the only place you'll be able to smoke. Um... No, actually, can't smoke there either. Um, but uh, you know, maybe if the wife was away for a day or two, I could. But exactly, I'm I'm locked up in a dungeon to smoke too. 
Thanks, honey, though. I have a place to smoke. Yes, yes, dear. Um, that's how we salute it. <laughs> anyway, uh, one last tobacco fail for me, and that was uh, uh, from Poshel. It's a blend called Thomas Radford Sunday's Fantasy. And I thought that, I think when I bought it, I think it was on sale or in a smoke shop. And, uh, and I, it might've been dinged up or something and that's why it was on sale, but it really didn't have much of a description except it had a really cool looking 17th century guy smoking a clay pipe on it. And, um, yeah, just said, okay. So I thought I'd try it. I, popped it open and it was a very traditional European aromatic style pipe tobacco that when the flavors whatever flavors they had put on it I didn't know what they were but the mixture of them left a taste in that pipe for you know about six months um and yeah and and at that point again I was primarily you know, I was smoking a few aromatics but primarily smoking Virginias and Virginia Periques already but I could get this mixture in my mouth and and that pipe would still taste like it um and then to follow to make it even worse the second bowl that I smoked of it was after I had opened the tin once and the tin never really sealed back so I smoked it bone dry and Ooh, so then it was hot. So then it was hot, and it might have baked in the flavor. So, uh, but I just remember, I, I remember that because I was like, ah, that's the last time I'm going to buy a tin just because the tin art looks really cool, unless I just want to decorate a wall with it. All right, we got time for uh, one more from you. My final disappointment is a categorical disappointment. When I, when I was getting in and started making massive amounts of purchases, um, I loved the Englishes. I don't know what it was. Maybe it just it wasn't aromatics. You know, you start off aromatics, you know, discover it English. And um, I bought a lot of, like, that Drew Estate meat pie. I bought a bunch of L.J. Peretti Englishes, some McClellan Englishes, uh, just just traditional uh, Peter Stokeby's uh, luxury English. And then discovered one day I just don't like them. And then it became that, it's not that I just don't like them, it's that I really don't like them. And every time I go through my cellar, I am moving tin after tin after tin of stuff that I think I am never going to smoke this blend. And, and the heartbreaking thing is if you open up uh, a tin like that you or a jar, if I open up my jar of L.J. Peretti's Royal, I don't know if anything smells better than opening up that jar and getting hit with that scent. But the moment I light it in my pipe, I'm thinking, oh, man, can I get some full Virginia Flake? Oh, <laughs> I could really go for some Regent's Flake. Anything but this that I'm smoking right now. And it's, uh, I was gifted, while working at Yulee's, a uh, picture of Drew Estate's meat pie next to a Costello pipe. And I, I laugh 
as I look at that picture that I have in my smoking area because it's a reminder that I bought a bunch of that tobacco and I really don't like it. <laughs> and let me just sum this up by saying these failures of the, the failures of mine have led me to uh, to one knowing exactly what I like and knowing how I like it when I like it uh, and have helped me you know define what what pipe smoking what pleasures I get from pipe smoking and you know so you, so you have to go through these things where you're going to uh, you're going to fail you hope that in the case of the Roush pipe, you hope that it doesn't hurt you in the wallet too much. Um, but without all these fails, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't have nearly as much of the satisfaction from smoking a pipe because I would have been stopped with the first blend that I liked, you know, 18 years ago. And uh, back then I had a, a whole rack full of pipes that were essentially uh, straight, billiards and lavats and uh and uh and canadians and that was it now i've got a whole assortment of stuff and i've got a whole bunch of different tobaccos that i enjoy uh and i would assume that you're the same way because of all of your <laughs> attempted uh attempted pleasure finding maneuvers there it was when i was in the retail side it was a little difficult because uh, at Ulysses, the, the best-selling blend was it was black stoker which was a black cavendish burley mix and a uh, and bishop's move was i think number two which was a latakia forward english those are the two best sellers so people would come in on a regular basis and uh if they if they were new to pipe smoking but had cigar smoking experience i would introduce them to bishop's move or golden shake and then they would ask me well how often do you smoke this and I would just explain to them that you get a great smoky sensation from it that it has a really good, rigid, full-body taste that it'll burn consistently through to the end. But because it, it, <laughs> those are things I experienced when I was when I when I smoked it, but it, was a, it, it taught me that just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not something other people will enjoy. Because I had customers come in and say, "Oh, you were right on the money right there," or. Uh, you introduced me to GLP's Quiet Nights. Thank you so much. Do you want a bowl of it? No, thank you, because I wouldn't smoke that. <laughs> and uh, it, it was. It, like you said, these sales were a learning experience that has broadened my horizons. And now, yes, I have, I have blends that I can go to consistently and know what I'm going to get out of them. And then when I'm trying new blends, I, I know what I can, what I'm willing to open my wallet for, because I'm not taking a blind risk. I'm taking a calculated risk, where hopefully the rewards are very high. There you go. Uh, speaking of uh, your pipe and smoking, part of a a new tradition of having co-hosts with me. Uh, what are you? What have you been smoking while we've been doing this, and uh, what are you smoking it in? Well, right now I am smoking some luxury twist flake, and I'm smoking it in a Kamois fan blast uh, that was custom fitted with a shorter Cumberland stem by Dave Neeb. 
If you've seen me at the Chicago show, you'll see that I smoke this pipe all the time. You can throw a Virginia flake in this. It's a smaller bowl. One flake goes in it. Smokes real well. And uh, when we kicked off the show, I was smoking some mixture flake by McBaron in a corn cob. So you you uh, so so you switched gears in the middle of the show. I switched gears in the middle of the show. The mixture flake just wasn't wasn't the direction I wanted to go on this lovely crisp night. And uh, I went to an old favorite, the Luxury Twist Flake. When in doubt, you can reach for that. Hey. And what are you smoking with us tonight? Come on, let us in on the secret. Yeah, my uh, my secret is I'm smoking tobacco. Um, I'm actually I'm actually smoking my standard Virginia Perique, the one that I'm still not talking about because nobody sent me a check big enough to divulge it yet. Uh, in fact, nobody sent me a check at all, so uh, I got excited because the bank sent me a check for $2.53 a couple of weeks ago just to try out their deposit, their mobile deposit thing. Um, but but I did... Very dis- handy, by the way. Very yeah. handy. Yeah. Yeah, $2.53 to, to, uh, to try out their mobile deposit thing, which I'd been using for about a year at this point. But anyway, it was nice of them. Um. But one of the things I like to do when we when I'm when I know we're getting ready to sit down and do this is so that I'm not uh, jumbling around with a pipe is I like some of my bigger yeah some of the bigger bowls that I know I can uh, pack you know get it lit start doing the show and then I don't have to worry about the pipe either going out too easy so I tend to grab some of you know maybe a, a larger handful pipe. And uh, for this one, I pulled out the uh, Jody Davis big sandblasted Levat that <laughs> happens to be straight and black like a lot of my pipes used to be. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's what I was smoking. And, I'll, and I've still got, uh, I've only gone through about a third of the bowl, so that'll last me through the evening and into uh, tomorrow morning probably. But anyway, Tom, uh, glad to have you back on. A very Merry Christmas to you and your family if I don't get a chance to talk to you between now and Christmas Day. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me on again, Brian. Uh, Quick shout-out to my wife. I told her I would say hello and Merry Christmas on this, and she says hello to you, Brian. And then uh, also just as an end note, the disappointments are going to probably happen often and early. Just work through them. You go onto a forum, you go onto a Facebook post, and people are going to say things like, you got to try dot, dot, dot. You might be disappointed. Work through it, and this is the best hobby, in my opinion, which I am an expert of, this is the best and relaxing hobby where you can get a variety of sensations and meet awesome people and then you can also meet people like Brian. And you can meet people like Tom's wife. Um, and sorry, uh, say hello to Ariel for me. Tom, Will do. thanks again. I'll be back in just a minute.
Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is internet radio i am back and uh, well no i'm not back yet i'm still gone but uh anyway uh yeah please post your epic fails on uh, the forums or you can uh, send them to me by messenger on facebook or you can uh email me brian at pipesmagazine.com and uh, tom and i'll share them all right for music uh sammy davis jr yeah, good old Sammy, pipe smoker, singing a uh, Nat King Cole song, who is a pipe smoker. This is the Christmas song, or also known as uh, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire.
What'd you think of that one, huh? Boy, that Sammy can sing. What's this? A letter for me. Just a couple iTunes reviews that I don't think we've read. Uh, The first one is from Vid Trent. And Vid Trent writes, Love this show. Has great content and it's very educational. I love to light up my favorite pipe. Tobacco while I'm listening. Keep up the good work, fellas. Thank you very much. We will. And then Down Home Smoker. I've listened to multiple pipe-smoking podcasts, and this is the best by far. It's educational and entertaining at the same time. This podcast has taught me many things that improve my enjoyment of pipe-smoking and introduced me to carvers I might not have known without listening to this show. Keep up the excellent material. We sure will, and we uh, greatly appreciate you guys taking the time to leave those uh, iTunes reviews. They mean a lot to us. And for those of you looking to buy gifts for a pipe smoker, well, here's a couple of simple ideas for me, uh, from me. One, pipe cleaners. Pipe cleaners, pipe cleaners, pipe cleaners. Uh, great stocking stuffers, or if you've got a friend that is a pipe smoker and you want to load them up with pipe cleaners, you know what? A thousand pipe cleaners is 20 bucks. Yep, a thousand pipe cleaners, 20 bucks. That's uh, 10 packs of 100, 2 bucks a pack. Uh, so pipe cleaners are always great. Uh, some novelty tampers are always a wonderful thing to give a pipe smoker. And if you don't know what the pipe smoker has or doesn't have, you know what? Books about pipe smoking are always wonderful. Uh, we can never have enough in our library. You want to give a pipe smoker something special? Give them a subscription to Pipes and Tobacco's magazine or to the NASPC Pipe Collector. In fact, this is a good time of the year for me to remind you that uh, the NASPC dues are due in January. So if you go ahead and pay them now, you won't miss one issue of the Pipe Collector. It's a great read six times a year uh, and uh, I think it's $21, $22 now. So uh, that's also another great gift idea is a subscription or a membership to the NASPC Pipe Collector. Uh, Pipe cleaners, pipe tools, maybe a a little, uh, maybe a little two-pipe case for uh, for when the pipe smokers, when when they're out and about like I am right now. Uh, Probably in a backpack running around Walt Disney World somewhere, I've got two pipes and a tin of tobacco in a case flopping around in in my backpack and I've got some pipe cleaners but I won't I won't go out without protecting my pipes in a little case of some sort so uh, there you go pipe cleaners pipe tools uh, books on pipes uh, pipes and tobaccos magazine subscription NASPC pipe collector or NASPC membership and a uh, small pipe case those are uh, my suggestions for 
Uh, not really expensive gifts. You're talking about maybe the most expensive one is uh, 25 bucks. So there you go. All right. Rant time is next. smoking and Disney alike? Well, I'm going to tell you how they are alike. Alright, a couple of days before we left, I said we're going to Disney World, and I put it on Facebook, and I got several private messages and some posted comments about, uh, you're going again, really? You go all the time? Blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? It's my happy place. It, it is. I go there and I'm just happy and relaxed. And the hardest part for people to understand is that I don't really need to go there and do anything. I just need to be there. And how is that like pipe smoking? Well, the pipe just takes you away to a whole different place. It relaxes you. It makes you uh, happy. And people don't understand that. How can pipe smoking make you happy? It's nasty. No. And then, even worse, when you get into pipes, when you start talking to other pipe smokers, this is the exact reason why. I don't care what you smoke in your pipe. I don't care what kind of pipe tobacco you like. I don't care what kind of pipes you like. If you enjoy it, if it relaxes you, if it takes you to your happy place, that's wonderful. Smoke Latakia. It may not be for me, but smoke Latakia. If it's for you and it takes you to that happy place... The trick in this life is finding those rewards, finding those happy places, finding those places that help you unwind, relax, and feel comfortable. Uh, and if a pipe does that for you for an hour and you're smoking fruity, tooty, juicy, aromatic in it, then do that. That's what makes you happy. That's what gets you to that happy place. And if anybody tells you any different, tell them, I said... They can't go to Disney World with me. All right. I want to thank Tom again for uh, chiming in and coming on here with me. Uh, We'll have him back in a month or so. Uh, Remember, episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show, brand new ones every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Ratings and reviews are muchly appreciated. And uh, even more appreciated than that is that you give your time to sit and listen to this show for an hour a week, and we hope it takes you to a happy place. So thanks to Tom for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy And if you see a sign that says peep show, 
That doesn't mean that they're letting you look at presents before Christmas.